0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Oxford University has just launched its first social enterprise spin-out, aimed at helping companies identify hidden poverty among their workers and take action to alleviate the problem. The initiative uses a new definition of poverty that takes into account factors other than income. John Hammock, its co-founder, talks to Andrew Jack about the initiative. Tell us, John, what exactly is OFI, the Oxford Poverty and Human Development Initiative?
1: Well, OFI is a center at the Oxford Department of International Development at the University of Oxford. It is a research and policy center, and it created something called the Multidimensional Poverty Index, which is a way of measuring poverty in all its dimensions. Poverty everywhere in the world is measured by income, but that's not a good proxy for poverty. And so what OFI did is it developed a methodology, which is now used by many countries, to measure poverty in its social dimensions, such as education, health, and housing.
0: So what would be a more sophisticated and useful definition more generally of poverty if income really isn't enough?
1: Well, if you talk to any poor person, they're going to tell you that they're poor by income, perhaps. But that doesn't define their whole situation. They're usually poor by housing, education, nutrition, health. And what the Multidimensional Poverty Index does is it takes the national definition of that poverty, because we at Oxford cannot define the poverty of Bangladesh or define the poverty of Colombia or Africa country and so they themselves come up with their definition of the poverty and the social aspects that they think are crucial in their country. And that becomes this local definition of poverty.
0: Does that create some problems in terms of trying to compare then between regions or countries?
1: Yes, And that's why we've also created a global multidimensional poverty index, and we do that with the United Nations. And that then compares 103 countries and their poverty, and that gives you a standard by which to compare all countries, and that is different than the national measures. So what we've done is we've created two, just like an income. Income has a national measure by country, but there's also an International World Bank measure that compares countries.
0: So if you looked at the international measure you've developed, what would be the three or four big common denominators or drivers of the index?
1: The common denominators of the index are education, health, and then what would have to be called social protection, issues like electricity, water, and those kinds of issues. It's mostly related to those because those are the ones that have comparable data over 103 countries.
0: Give us a sense then when you start to use this more nuanced approach to poverty? How does it change the sort of common perception of the world's poorest nations, for instance?
1: Well, I mean, it's very clear that when these studies are done, most poor people in terms of individuals are in South Asia and in China. And so it gives you a sense of where the poor people are. But the thing that really has been exciting about the OFI work is that We're now finding that a lot of the multidimensionally poor people are people who are left behind in middle-income countries. So it's not just countries that we normally think of that are poor, but rather countries that are also middle-income countries have a large number of very poor people within them if you look at their social poverty. And what we've done now is to try to take this methodology and apply it to the private sector. And that's the innovative area that we're looking into.
0: How does that work then in the private sector?
1: Well, about two years ago, I got a call from a bank in Central America called the Bach Cardomatic, and they said, do you think there are any poor people in my bank? They all get paid well. So we did an initial study, and they found that 12% of their employees were multidimensionally poor. They were poor in housing. They were poor because their family members couldn't get work. They were poor because of health, et cetera. So because of that experiment, we then decided to set up a business MPI, a multidimensional poverty index that would focus on business exclusively. And that's why we've set up Sophia Oxford, which is a spin-out company. It's the first socially responsible spin-out company of the university, the first social enterprise.
0: So to be clear, yes, obviously the university has spun out lots of for-profit entities around, for example, drug development and the like. But this would be the first social enterprise that's existed, been spun out in a legal entity.
1: That's correct. And as you said, the university has a lot of spin-outs that they've done in the private sector. This is now to set up a social enterprise using business principles to run it. But the objective of this is to measure the poverty of the employees and the families of private sector companies in order for them to know what the poverty is of their employees in order then to do something about it. And as we have already seen in Costa Rica, as we've modeled this in Costa Rica for the last two years with our partner, Horizonte Positivo, there, and they have shown very clearly that businesses that measure the poverty of their employees and do something about it make better employees more efficient, more effective, and they're very excited about this project.
0: In terms of companies using OFI, how would it work? Would they pay something to you for access to your data?
1: The way that it has worked so far is that The companies work with a local organization in Costa Rica called Horizonte Positivo, and the companies pay Horizonte a fee for working on this with them, and they then do their own interviews of their own employees and their staffs because we don't have that data. They have the data they then get the information and then they do the policy and the work around how to solve that issue. So the program is new. We've only been doing this for a year. And what we're doing now is launching this as an effort of Oxford University to try to bring it out of Costa Rica into other countries and into other companies.
0: So essentially what you'd be providing is the questionnaire, the questions, the data points to ask, and then the companies individually would then go out and do that amongst their own workforces.
1: Yes, we provide the platform the technical assistance to the businesses so that the businesses then will know how to use it. We provide assistance during the first process, to make sure that it is done correctly. And then also we are going to provide, we haven't done this yet, but we will provide a seal, which Sophia Oxford will give companies that are doing this and do a good job. They'll sort of get a seal to verify that they've done this. And I think that is something that the companies are very excited about because it will show that they're actually doing something to not just improve the lives of their employees, but doing something to fight poverty.
0: So in your first example there in Latin America, the result has been that the company, having looked at the data, has started to develop some particular interventions to tackle the hidden poverty that they found amongst employees?
1: That's correct. Our local partner there, Horizonte Positivo, is a business association. They are now working with us with 42 businesses. But to give you an example of that bank I mentioned, which is Bank, bank Credomatic, Credomatic, it's the largest bank in Central America. They found 12% of their employees were poor. They then started programs to deal with those issues of poverty. So, for example, the board of directors of the bank decided to set up a fund, first of all, with their own money, deal with one of the issues was housing. Another issue was a lot of the people had problems just doing all the work to get to the health benefits. So they started setting up small programs to deal with the poverty of each individual. As the program has gotten larger, and we now have 42 businesses, we find that there's similarities. And we also find that it's possible to then join with the government and do public-private partnerships to tackle some of the issues together.
0: And then the business model more broadly. So the companies would pay a fee to Sophia Oxford, and then you would do what with the revenues you make?
1: Well, our goal is to become totally self sufficient. It's organized now as a limited guarantee company in England and as a non profit in the United States. And our business model is one that shows income coming in a revenue stream coming in from the businesses over time. And as we grow the model and work in more businesses, the money will come both to fund expansion of that project itself so that we can move into other countries. And then eventually also fund the research at OFI, which will then give the Department of International Development and also OFI the funds to do more creative research on poverty.
0: And do you have any other backers or investors even in the project?
1: Well, right now, that's our limitation. Like any good project that's starting up, I think we have at this point three individual investors in the project. We're looking for others because we're right at the point where the concept we know works because it's worked in Costa Rica and we're ready to now move it and expand it. And we're in the process now of doing exactly that, trying to find investors who will invest in this idea and help us move it forward. So who are your three
0: investors to date?
1: Well, we have individuals. They're all individual people, both from England and the United States. Our next country will be, we'll work in Colombia. We're about to sign an agreement with the Colombian private sector to expand this model there. And there, the private sector in Colombia will also help pay for this, our technical assistance.
0: So Costa Rica was first, Colombia second. After there, any other areas geographically or indeed sectors of industry that you're going to be targeting?
1: Well, we're not targeting sectors of industry at this point. We're hoping to get more sort of experience under our belt before we then move out slowly. Our goal is to move globally. We are focusing geographically on countries right at this point. However, we also know that we have a number of global companies that are interested in working on this globally, not just by country, and we are in the process of trying to set up a platform to be able to deal with that demand.
0: And are there any, as it were, rivals, competitors in this space, you think, alternative forms of data that might help employers or indeed the public sector trying to get this more nuanced approach to poverty?
1: Well, I think that at the national level in the government space, the MPI, the OFI measure, has been adopted by a number of countries now in Latin America, Africa and Asia. It's been adopted by the World Bank. It's been adopted by the United Nations. It's sort of become the standard and it's becoming the standard worldwide that's not, of course, true in the private sector because we're just starting up, but our goal is that this will become the standard of the private sector also within, let's say, five, six years, that it will become something that companies are wanting to do. And at this point, there is no other organization that I know of that's actually working with this methodology, trying to bring this kind of very specific, measurable data to bear on this issue.
0: Well, it sounds like a very interesting, innovative project, so good luck with it.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Very good to speak. That was Andrew Jack talking to John Hammock, co-founder of the Oxford Poverty and Human Development Initiative. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer.
1: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin
0: for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast.